Hello, and welcome to a new episode of Paul Alabayo Presents The Conversation. My guest this week is Temidayo Seriki. Temidayo is a Nigerian citizen and the founder of the Manup Initiative. Manup is an initiative which aims to challenge the cultural and social norms of 21st century men. Manup also works to challenge men to question their own values and adopt new values in order to build a more inclusive society. All of Manup's links and relevant contact details can be found in the description of this episode. My conversation with Temi Daya focuses on the work Manup does, why they do it, and the specific tactics they implement to do their work. Within this conversation, we discussed what men can do to challenge the value systems in themselves and their communities, as well as the importance of attacking even the slightest signs of misogyny. This conversation was recorded within the month of March, and I felt it important that in International Women's Month, we engage in a discussion on what men can do, what men need to do, and what men are doing to create a safer, more equal world for women. With the tragic passing of Sarah Everard on the 3rd of March 2021, here in the United Kingdom, reaffirming the need to educate your sons and hold your male friends accountable even more than the need to protect the women in your life, I felt it poignant to share the works of an organisation who are taking steps to conduct that education and promote that accountability which we need to see the world over. I thank Tammy Dyer so much for sharing his expertise, advice and opinions in what was a deeply informative conversation. And without further ado, I present to you the conversation with Temi Dyer-Seriki. Hello and welcome to another edition of Paul Olabaya Presents The Conversation. Um, today I'm joined by a very special guest, Temi Dyer-Seriki. Um, Temi Dyer is the founder of the Man Up Initiative. Um, I've already given you a short introduction, Temi, but um, I want you to have the floor to maybe introduce yourself, tell the people a little bit more about what you do, some of your hobbies, favorite things. Um, so yeah, the floor is yours. Uh, all right, thanks, Paul. Uh, so first things first, thank you for having me on. Um, my name is Timmy Dayo Seriki, and I run a platform called Man Up Initiative. Um, my friends call me Timmy Dayo. My friends also call me TD. My friends call me Timmy D. So feel free to call me whatever you want. I'll probably answer. Um, so yeah, I run, I run a platform called Man Up Initiative. And uh, what we aim to do is to challenge and change the value systems among men in society with the aim of just building a better society, you know, that is you know, more, more, I would say, inclusive. Um, so we, we use different initiatives, uh, programs, courses, you know, any means possible uh, to, to, to target the value systems of men and to help us to adapt or adopt better. Well, what we would say is probably, you know, better values that would, you know, help us to be better mentally, physically, you know, just generally as well. And also just, um, you know, speaking about having a better society, you know, it's all about men and women working together. So we also want a society where men and women are able to work, you know, seamlessly. But yeah, also, sorry, you said hobbies as well. Mm, what do I do? I love anime, we spoke about that. I love football. Um, I play a lot of football. I watch a lot of football. Um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it. I'm a simple guy. <laughs> Not too much going on. But yeah. <laughs> I love that, I love that. So yeah. yeah. Yeah, for for transparency sake, for people at home, me and, me and Tammy D, that's what I've been calling him for years, went to university together, um, played football together many times, trained against each other many times. Like he was 
I don't know if you were reffing or if you were playing the induction induction game. I played at Kiel all those years ago. Um, but I remember you were there, so you go back. All right, that's probably go back a, a few years, and you know we're really I'm really honoured and thankful that you would come on and you know speak with us on this platform about what you and all your people over there at Man Up Initiative do. Um, so thank you so much. Um, and you know I think it's really poignant. Thank you for having me, bro. No, of course. And I think it's really poignant um, on what we're talking about, especially as we're talking about it now, you know, as we record, it's March 27th. And so we're still within, you know, the last few days of International Women's Month. And you spoke about, you know, the need for a change in the value systems of men um, and the sort of, you know, the reasonings behind that. Would you maybe just to start off, be able to speak to like the, the problematic value systems within men that you saw uh, that, that you see that you felt needed to be changed, which led to you beginning this initiative? Um, what I would say, actually, pretty interestingly, I don't think anyone asked me this question before, but what I would say I noticed was not so, what, what really motivated me was not so much noticing um, problematic value systems. It was just noticing a lack of attention being paid to our value systems period mm-hmm. you know because you know how man up started for me was i was just I, I i moved to nigeria at a point where i was stuck you know in between like who i was i didn't know what to do i just lost my mom um i didn't know what i was going to do with the rest of my life and i was just stuck you know and i i was at church and they were speaking about a women's conference and how they were going to teach them all sorts of crazy things you know career stuff values you know things like that how to be a better quote-unquote woman and I was just like what you know and I really wanted to attend but obviously I couldn't because obviously I'm not a woman um and then I started like looking around for stuff that I can do that is you know more tailored to men but I literally couldn't find anything you know that was outside of the church I couldn't find anything like that you know so um after a lot of research arguments conversations i just you know decided that i was going to actually just give it a go myself um so i would say yeah there are a lot of problematic you know body systems i would say that a lot of men have especially if you live in a country like nigeria um but for me what really motivated me was just a lack of attention and i feel like that lack of attention is what has led to the amount of problems that we have today you know like you see a lot of a lot of men objectify women you know things like that um you know like what I would say is strong gender roles, or let me say a mindset of having strong gender roles as i.e. women belong in the kitchen, men belong here, all that kind of stuff. You know, all of that just comes from it being ignored for so many years that men ought to, men just thought that it wasn't it was fine because no one was telling them it wasn't. Do you get what I mean? Yeah, so I, I would definitely say that has been the roots of the issue. You know, I, I always go, I always link everything back to your upbringing. You know, I strongly believe that you're a product of your upbringing um, and you're a product of what you saw, you know, what you were exposed to growing up. And, you know, as men, we were there with our families, but there was a lot of neglect in, you know, what we were thinking about, what we were doing. There wasn't enough attention paid to men, you know. And obviously, I'm not giving excuses for, you know, the really, really bad things that happen, you know, like rape and assault and all of those. But I just feel like generally... You know, the, the lack of attention that has been paid to men, especially when we're boys, when we're growing up, is, is what has led to a lot of the issues that we face today. And that is why, like, at Man Up, we're really, really passionate about 
you know, targeting the younger generation so that, you know, this thing that happened, you know, doesn't happen again. Do you get what I mean? It's really difficult. You're probably going to hear me say this a lot, especially in a country like Nigeria. It's really difficult because, you know, Nigeria is really rooted in culture and really rooted in like false, what I would say is false religious beliefs and things like that. So it's it's just really difficult. But I believe we could do it. If I didn't, what would we do? Absolutely. And I think that's interesting. I think we'll get more into Nigeria specifically in a second. But obviously, as someone who has spent time Mm. in countries outside of Nigeria, did you, as you look at it now, do you feel like there are similar mentalities in other countries as well? um, That you feel like that lack of attention being paid to the value systems of men, um, that there needs to be more attention in those other nations as well? Yeah, 100%. Like, you know, I, you know, it's really interesting because. Um, I, I, while I was young, especially, I traveled a lot. You know, I went to a lot of countries multiple times. You know, uh, I spent a lot of time in England. I spent a lot of time in Singapore. I spent a lot of time in America, in Nigeria. You know, so just different countries. And what that helped me to see, maybe what I would say is now when I'm older, is you'll actually notice that a lot of these beliefs are very similar. The only thing that differentiates them is culture and, you know, how your culture has shaped that, that particular belief. But the base at the core of it is, is pretty much the same, in my opinion. Um, I would just say that, you know, a lot of, a lot of maybe, maybe like a country like the US or, or the UK, um, people are more open to hearing things. You know, as people are more open to changing. People are more open to understanding that something that they believed was wrong or something that they see was wrong or that they know was wrong. But um, in some other, what I would say, maybe third world or less developed countries, it's a a lot more difficult for people to say, oh, um, it's a lot more difficult for adults to say, or the older generation, let me say, to say, yes, this thing I believe my whole life was wrong and I need to change what I think. You know, it's really, really difficult. I would say my dad, right? Big shout out to my dad. He, he grew up in the U.S. and I feel like that is what has made him so receptive to a lot of stuff, you know, that happens today. He's not like, he still has traditional beliefs, which is fair, but he's not like um, tied to them. Do you get what I mean? He's very open to seeing, okay, yeah, this thing is wrong. You know, this this there's a lot of gaps here that can be taken advantage of in the wrong way. You know, things like that. And I really feel like that was just because he he spent a lot of his young adult life in the U.S., so he was able to open up his mind a bit more. That's what I think. Um, I I would say you know values like how men see women, most especially that is it's 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 really it's really the same again. It's just a thing of degrees, which is tied to culture, like I said before. Thank you, thank you. I want to get back into something that you touched upon um, before, which is sort of the how of how, how you do your work mm-hmm. and, and the manner and the tactics in which you use because I felt like it was really interesting I wonder if you could dive into it more you said some you said about really focusing on the youth uh, young people as much as you can yeah and you know it made me think about what I like to call the the sliding scale of racism as an example so I think a lot of times it's sort of human rights work and in the world we see the extreme end of the violation and think that that's the starting point. So for example, if we look at the issue of racism and something that I focused on, we look at the murder of George Floyd or the murder of Breonna Taylor, right? And we see these incidents and we think, okay, we need to attack that. But I always say what we really need to attack is the 
racist jokes in group chats or the racist jokes around the, the dinner table by your older relatives, right? Mm, they allows, allows that to build up and it spirals and it snowballs into the big violation that we all see. And I think you're you're getting at something similar in um, what you're talking about in, in, you know, addressing the youth and speaking to the youth and changing the minds of the youth. Would you be able to just expand on that a bit more and that tactic and why you feel that that is such an important way to go about it? Okay, yeah. So essentially, what you're saying, what you what your question, what you've asked is initially perfect because, you know, it's all about building accountability. You know, from a young age, allowing and not allowing certain things to just pass by. Do you know what I mean? You know, like when let me give my, myself as an example, right? What you said about you know attacking the extreme and attacking the little things is so 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 important. Let me give you an example. So a few years ago. Um, something happened on what maybe what I'll call Nigerian Twitter, where a lot of women, uh, so it was around the time of the Me Too campaign, a lot of women came out on social media and, you know, were, they basically were mentioning the names of guys who had sexually assaulted them or in some cases raped them at some point in the past, right? Obviously, that's the extreme. But then what I was able to understand because what I, you know, Manaba just started then, you know, so what we did was we, we spoke to a lot of guys, you know, at that time it was only me. I spoke to a lot of guys, especially the people I knew who had been called out, you know, just to ask them what they thought, you know, what, what they felt happened, you know, not, not even in the case of he said, he said, she said, just to understand their perspective. And I was able to understand that a lot of these things were rooted or started from when we were all like back in high school. Just the little things, you know. In, in Nigeria, there, there used to be a term called quavin, right? So essentially it's like groping almost, not really, but I mean, yeah, it's like, it's basically groping. I'm not even, let me not even try and dumb it down at all. You know, like, so you see a girl, let's say you think she's attractive, you smack her bum, or, or you guys are in the line to get food and you're like rubbing your crotch on her. You know, and all those things were seen as normal. Do you get what I mean? All those things were seen as, ah, ha, 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 banter, describing her, you know, and we all just laughed it off. So a lot of guys will grow up thinking that those things are fine. And they will grow up believing that inappropriate behaviors like that are normal. Or last, or last, last, as Nigerians say, you laugh it off. Do you get what I mean? Like, it's, it's something that, you know, we, we need to actually address now. So what we are trying to do is, Trying, trying to get into those schools, trying to get to those institutions, institutions, trying to get into the minds of those people so that they can understand that actually these things are wrong and see the effects. Do you get what I mean? You know, because I, I strongly believe, I strongly agree with you and I strongly believe that, you know, targeting it at, at the stage where it's just sprouting is so much better than when the roots have sown so have grown so deep, you know, because it's so much harder to 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 change than, you know. Uh, I mean, you see all the the conversations i'm sure like you see some conversations i have on twitter with some grown men and you're just wondering like how can somebody think like this a conversation like that will be so much easier with a young boy because he's automatically going to look at me as someone that has more experience than him and learn you know but even someone that's like twice my age and i'm trying to tell the person what that their beliefs of manhood is wrong or or should change let me say it's going to become a thing of what do you know do you get what i mean especially in nigeria where um, there's a lot of pride tied to our older generation. So 
I, I really, 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 really agree with you. Um, I hope there isn't anything I missed in that question, but I really agree with you. I think, you know, it's so important. That's why, you know, a lot of what we do is, you know, tied to younger men. So even people my age, I'm 25, um, you know, even people my age, we try and encourage that you speak to your brothers, your younger brothers, speak to your cousins, just speak to people as much as you can. And don't just let certain things slide. You know what I mean? Like, if you, if you hear a guy, you know, you're in a group of friends and you hear your friend talking about how um, he tried to get with a girl and she, she was saying no and he ended up convincing her. He, he can even use a word like that, convincing her. You know, you have to call it out immediately and let let your friend understand that. Bro, do you understand what you just did? Because, you know, a, 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 accountability is a very important value that a man will believe, you know, it's tied to manhood. So the three things we try to push leadership accountability, vulnerability. So those three things, we believe that, you know, if men can have a good grasp of those three, your journey to manhood will be seamless almost because leadership brings, you know, certain values. Accountability brings its own certain values. Vulnerability brings its own certain values. And all of them help your life in a different way, you know. So on this particular question, it's strongly tied to accountability, you know, holding your friends accountable, letting them understand that, look, bro, if you're my friend, you can't do this. You get what I mean? Like, draw those lines and like, like because you know, <laughs> that saying that says "show me your friends and I'll show you who you are" is very real, man. Like, I'm very intentional about making sure my own friends, maybe because of what I do, but I'm making sure that my own friends are living their lives in a particular way and have particular values, understand particular things, can say or can't say particular things. And even if they do mess up, it's not as if that we're not going to be friends. But I'm going to help you to see that it's wrong. Do you get what I mean? And that's what a lot of us men need to do for each other. Like. You know, over the years, women have been the ones crying out for men to change. But like, until us guys start having these conversations within ourselves, it's not going to change because a lot of people are just going to look from, like a lot of guys are just going to look and it's like, it's like something attacking you from the outside in. But if us men from the inside are, you know, the ones that are stirring up the pots, then it's going to be a lot easier for, for things to change. You know what I mean? We have to be the catalyst. Mm. Mm. That's amazing. That's amazing. I'm still like mulling over leadership, vulnerability and accountability um, as like three keys. And I may come back to that mm. as a question in a second, but I want to pick up on something you said earlier, because it was really interesting to me. I remember watching, seeing, um, and then you did a, a separate podcast a few, maybe a few months ago now that I saw a little clip of on social media. And you said about, you know, at the time when that Me Too movement was coming up, you would go and speak to some of the men who were accused and, and ask them about it. And I felt like I never heard anyone take that angle before. And then I related it back to some of the work I've seen you do in the importance of creating, you know, a safe space for men to have conversations. Mm. And I sort of related it back. I remember years ago, Trevor Noah did like an interview on The Breakfast Club and he was talking about this like cancel culture, right? And he was saying like, the thing with council council culture is it's good in like social media settings but those people still exist and they still have lives exactly. and they still live and they still go somewhere you know the resentment that they now feel from being shunned in society they now harbor it in their lives and so i just wanted to see ask if you could talk more about you know the importance of creating safe spaces for men you know i've seen you have these arguments with men <laughs> like twice your <laughs> social media before and, you know, those type of conversations. But why do you and, you know, your team at Man Out feel like that is such an important important vessel and an important thing that needs to be happening more and more in our society? 
Um, okay, so it's uh, um, thank you. Um, actually, I don't know why I said thank you, but yeah, thank you. Bro. <laughs> but um, what I would say is, you know, safe space is, is it was actually one of the first things we started doing. Um, it's its aim is strongly tied to helping men to express vulnerability as well as helping us understand that we we as men and you know we would like to say as brothers have to keep each other accountable you know those those two values are strongly tied in safe space because you know you're bringing a group of men together to to discuss and to learn from each other and essentially you know what we tried to create was an environment where men can just come and discuss things you know that are not typically discussed you know even you know i remember when you know when this whole thing happened we had a safe space about rape and about men who had been assaulted you know and things like that and the interesting thing what i love the most about safe space is it's never just the same faces do you get what i mean we, you know we, we would always post it the same way advertise it the same way but it's never the same faces because everybody's going through their own different stuff and people want to talk about different things so if we talk about father and son relationships it's not going to be the same people that are going to be there when we're talking about money you know or if we're talking about something else and i just feel like it's it's something that a lot of men need right especially when you're talking to other men one thing i've noticed is men um we're more we're more comfortable speaking with women you know about deep stuff than than guys and that's not because of anything except for the fact that we're not encouraged to do that growing up you know um fathers are very very at least before were very unlikely to come to your son and say how are you doing how's your health doing today are you okay do you want to cry do you want to laugh you know those kind of conversations were not, were not encouraged so what we're trying to do is encourage that and help men to just tap into that part of vulnerability and also to just help us keep each other accountable because you know what yeah like even me like as as founder a lot of the times at safe space i don't say anything <laughs> like I'm just there listening and just learning from different guys that have different mindsets and things like that. And then if someone says something that, you know, is, is, it's a bit, um, let me not say problematic, but harmful. Let me use that. If someone says something that could potentially be harmful to them or to people around them, then people will bring it up. Like as a community, everyone, people would actually just be like, you know, actually you shouldn't think like that. You should think like this. And it's never toxic because it's a safe space and that is what it's called, you know? So, um, one thing I always say actually is, uh, and I think maybe it was Safe Space that taught me this, is you think your your guy friends, so this is to all the guys that are listening, you think your guy friends are very unlikely to hear you when you want to talk about deep stuff, but you realize that once you actually start talking, it's almost as if you open the floodgate. Like it's it's it becomes a thing of wow, I I, I, I was never expecting this guy to be this receptive, and he is, and no, he's no easy just receptive, he's actually there for me, and you know. Um, of course, there, this it's not going to be like that for every single person, but generally, that's just what I've noticed, you know. Um, so yeah, I would always encourage guys, you know, speak to your male friends, speak to your brothers, you know, speak to the guys, the, the guys that you feel like you love, you know, just tell them, you know, just speak to them about what's going on. Thank you, thank you. I feel like that you, you touched on so much, and I feel like it's so important. I love what you said at the end there, man speak to your friends because you don't realize how many floodgates you'll be opening you know even yeah for them, even for them to be able to feel confident in themselves that oh someone else is going through some stuff as well like someone i'm close to like 
let's hash it out. Exactly, like. exactly, exactly. And you know, you know what? I, I watched I, I watched a video. Sorry to cut you off, man. I watched okay. a video um about two years ago. I think it was called Men Don't Cry or something like that. But it was just like a short thing where uh, there were a group of guys. They always used to hang out together. They go to the gym. They do all sorts of things. Talk about girls. Everybody was going through their own stuff, you know. And then there was one of the friends that committed suicide because of, you know, I think he lost his mom. Mm-hmm. And it was really, really messing with him and stuff like that. But then all the other guys were, excuse me, all the other guys were saying, oh, or they were thinking rather, if he had just spoken up, you know, we could have been there for you, blah, blah, blah. But it just wasn't encouraged, you know. So it's just something where you just have to just say that first word, you know, like it might be difficult, especially because of, you know, what you're taught to believe as a man. But, you know, a, a man up but basically here to tell you that what, what you've been taught to believe is not helpful to you at all, you know. And, and th- this these are the things that would literally help you to grow and help you to heal from certain things. It's so important, honestly. So I literally cannot emphasize how important, like I can't overemphasize how important this is. For real. I think one of the things that I'm personally learning, definitely in the last few years, is that like vulnerability is the strongest skill set you could have. Like the the ability to like express something that leaves you truly vulnerable and open is probably one of the like strongest skill sets to develop and probably also then one of the most beneficial skill sets to develop like mm. as a person as a man just as, as people in general in this world uh, because like you say it unlocks the door for so much deeper personal exploration um, mm-hmm. but then also for other people as well um, it does take that one person in a friendship group to be vulnerable enough to stand up and say hey I'm not doing too well guys and then everyone yeah. else can say that they're not doing yeah. too well yeah yeah you know at that same time, it takes that one person again to be vulnerable enough to say, "Hey, bro, the way you spoke to that girl the other day, I don't really, I don't really dig that because that's vulnerable. You know, you're putting exactly, yourself, exactly. You're, putting, you're putting yourself out there to be ridiculed by <laughs> some people that you're close to. Um, but that's the way we change hearts and minds. That's the way you know we change culture systems and value systems and hold people accountable. Um, and like you say, that that in itself shows a form of leadership." being able to stand yeah, exactly <laughs> it's, right. that it's all it's all tied to leadership at the end of the day like mm-hmm. we, we believe that manhood is is a calling to to lead and that not that obviously just doesn't mean doesn't just mean like in a business you know aspect but but what you just said is leadership you know taking the lead to say look guys this thing is wrong let's let's not do this anymore do you get what i mean mm-hmm. it's literally different it's so multifaceted i love what you said bro i completely agree Thank you. And I want to turn the table back to you for those, you know, three value systems, those those three keys, leadership, vulnerability and accountability. Can you just delve just a little bit deeper into what those three mean for you, what they mean for the organization and and how you try and teach and encourage them? I know you would have gone over that a little bit already in some of the things you've spoken about. But I just think really keying in on those three things so that people truly understand the the importance of them to man up I think mm. is, is really important if you could. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. I'll speak on that. I. I. I'll, let me say that I'll. I'll speak on it so that people can understand why it's important for you, not so much why it's important for man because it, I mean it is, but it's more important for you. You know, like as as a as a man especially. So as I said just now, you know, we we believe that the manhood is a call to leadership. You know, so it's just a it's just a case of what you know what what type of leader or how you're going to lead and. We believe that leadership is service, you know, not not just autocratic leadership. So 
I'm, I'm just trying to walk you through the mindsets, you know. So we believe that leadership is, manhood is a call to leadership. And then we believe that the, the type of leader you should be is a leader who serves, okay? So with that in mind, you understand that you're putting, you're putting yourself out there for other people. Of course, you're going to take care of yourself, but you're going to put yourself out there for other people. You're looking to see if people are fine. You're looking, trying to make sure your society is okay, your community is okay. You know, the people, especially the people that are immediately around you, you know, you're just looking for how to make their lives better. Do you get what I mean? Um, you're not, you're not sending people to do things. You know, in Nigeria, uh, uh, a lot of people, especially in an organizational setting, we have an idea of leadership where, okay, I'm in a higher position of power than you. I can tell you what to do. That's it. But that's not what we're talking about here. Um, and where accountability and vulnerability come in is we believe that to be a good leader, which is leadership and servitude, you need to have those two values in order to do that role effectively. Because let's say leading a family, for example, as a man, you know, the Bible says that a man is the head of the home and that's not to say your wife is less than you, but it's to say you, you are the leader, you're the one, you know, you're the one with the vision, you know, you're the one that speaks on behalf of the family, you're the one that hears from God on behalf of the family, things like that. And obviously you and your wife work together and in a partnership, you know, but, we believe that in order to lead a family properly, you have to have a certain level of vulnerability to put the feelings of other people before yours, the feelings of your family members before yours, to make sure everybody is doing well mentally, physically, you know, to, to tap into empathy, which is such an important trait. Um, and then accountability, most importantly, from your, your spouse or your friends, you know, to make sure that you are also not falling, falling out of line. Do you get what I mean? So the vulnerability part helps you helps you help other people. The accountability part helps other people help you. Do you get what I mean? So it's just that wholeness that we believe that is needed for men. I mean, it's good for people generally, right? But we believe that it's good for men, you know, to understand that and, and just to have this kind of mindset. I, I don't want to say unlocked because at the end of the day, we can't be perfect, but to have this kind of mindset in line so that, you know, in mind rather, so that we can work towards it. I feel like if, I feel like if all men, you know, work towards that, society will literally be heading in a much better direction than it seems like it is right now um so yeah that's what i think i hope i've painted the picture you know well enough but we we just want men to be able to help other people and for men to also allow for other people to help them you know things like that help you to be the best version of yourself because at the end of the day that's all what it ties back to absolutely absolutely thank you for that would you be able to just going off that with the work that you've done, would you be able to speak to some successes that you feel like you've had and that the organization have had and just some things that like have really brought you joy in, in seeing the work that you've done, even if it's just, and you don't need to get too personal, but even if it's just conversations you may have had mm. with people, some of the things that have just been said in safe spaces, again, not mm. to share anyone's business in that sense. Yeah, of course, of course. Mm. Thing, things that but you know, you know what, yeah. You know what, yeah, like it's, it's interesting with the two things that you referenced, actually the two things I was probably going to say um what what i love to see is one i love safe space you know that is probably like i don't want to say my favorite thing because i don't want to be biased to my baby but it's <laughs> it's probably like my favorite thing you know just seeing men come together you know if, if i show you my notebook of the safe space days all the things i've just noted down just things i've learned from other people you know i don't really do much talking really and truly all i do is just help guide the conversation right but it's amazing to see how guys come together to discuss how we're being more open about it. But I would say even more so, 
what I really do love is when I'm in places and conversations are being had and you see men who have maybe once had problematic views in the past, but have recently changed their views and are trying to help educate other men to change their views to, to get what I mean. When it's not me doing it, when it's other people doing doing the work, because that's how the change comes, you get what I mean? That means that if I wasn't there, that same conversation would have happened regardless. And that's that's really, really what we need. So at the end of the day, you know, you can you can touch the lives of as many people as possible. But if you do that and every person you touch their lives keeps quiet, the, the change is not going to come. But so far, those people speak up about what they've learned and help other people to learn as well. That's how it spreads. You know, if you think about it, like, I'm, I'm sure there's a lot of things I can reference, you know, that that, that have, have gone that exact same way, you know, even like the, the, the way women, womanhood has changed in the last few in the last few decades, you know, it's all tied to that, just different women educating other women. Actually, you know what? Womanhood is not just staying at home and waiting for your husband to bring money home. Womanhood is actually scaring out and doing your shit and doing what you want to do, you know, things like that. Um, so, yeah, honestly, for me, that is, you know what you call my drug? That's literally my drug. Like, <laughs> I love to see it, honestly. That's, that's deep. I never even put two and two together until you just said it. Like, that's really how women's movement came about just yeah, each other. yeah. Yo, there's there's roles for us outside of what society tells yeah. us. wow literally it's just literally a collection of conversations that have just brought about this change that we've seen so if as men we don't do that it's nothing gonna happen all of us can hear it but if we don't talk about it it's all pointless trust me so the fact that people are speaking you know it's it's there are a lot more initiatives like man up springing up here and there like i see some you know, Nigeria, there was a recently launched um, Boys Advocacy Association of Nigeria, mm-hmm. uh, which I, I had the privilege to be invited to join. You know, so things like that are kind of springing up. So it's starting a bit, but it's more, it's even more so in more developed countries. But, you know, countries like here, it's, it's something that I see that's kind of coming up, especially with people who have, you know, gone out of the country and come back, people who have more open minds. You know, people just understand that there are a lot of issues with the way we were thinking before not just as men, but as a society, and people are just open to change, I would say, yeah. Especially the younger generation. It's a lot harder for them, for the older generation. But, yeah. yeah. Us how, kids, I would say we got it. How, you know, you talk about that divide, which naturally exists between older generations and younger generations, and people sort of being set in their ways, as opposed to people who are still learning, still growing, still, still figuring out who they are as a person. Like even to the beginning of this conversation we're having, you said that man up yourself started where you moved back to Nigeria and you were still debating on who you were as a person and where the next sort of years were taking you. Yeah. How important is it to change as many hearts and minds as possible? Or is that even something we can work towards? Or is it just to change? I, I, I sort of asked that in the sense of, again, I remember a, a thread that I was in on watching where there was a specific person on social media who just we were speaking to him um as a couple of us being as respectful as possible and he was just mm. sort of like just downplaying everything we, we were saying to the point where it's like i know this organization is run by women because there's no men who would speak like this type of vibe right how important is it to still reach out that's to really interesting like that? that was about manu yeah yeah <laughs> yeah the, the guy was talking about manu if i remember that um it's it's really important you know what those are the people that are the, mo- the most important mm-hmm. i would say especially when you find people like that who are young if you find someone who's young that thinks like that 
honestly, I would say you, you who is listening, if you know someone like that, just hold on to that person like tight and make sure that that person's views change before you let go. It's so important. Even if they don't change completely, make sure that seed is sown in there because, you know, people like that, are, because those guys, you know, they're more vocal. They're more vocal than what, I remember just talking about conversations. Those guys are going to make 50 other people believe that what, they're, what they believe is true. So we have to make sure that we change them so that they don't end up doing that. Do you get what I mean? It's it's something that, you know, I, I, ah, I kind of hate to do this now, but he's my friend, so it's all good. So I know somebody, right, uh, at my office, he, when he just joined, um, he, I don't know, he seemed to have a bit, a bit, a little bit of um, what I would say is a problematic way of thinking about masculinity, right? And I remember a day I came to work and I was telling everyone in my office that I watched, what did I watch? I think I watched Frozen, Frozen 2, right? So I watched Frozen 2 with my girlfriend and I really loved that movie. If you haven't watched it, please go and watch it. It's fantastic. So I came to work and I was telling everyone, oh yeah, guys, I watched Frozen 2 yesterday. It was fantastic, blah, blah, blah. You all should go watch it. And this guy just ended up, you know, answering me, like telling me that, oh, that's so like feminine that, you know, he was like, oh, I'm sure that I wanted to dress up as a ballerina. I was like, what? Like, <laughs> I was shocked. Like, even me, who does man up, I was shocked. I was like, I can't believe there are people that my age that would still say this kind of thing to me. Anyway, what I ended up doing was I held him really tight. Like, I started speaking to him a lot more. Not even so much of, oh, you need to change this, you need to change. Just friendship, you know, just, we just became friends. And um, we ended up just discussing different things. And I guess... You know, with that, what, what friendship is, especially a friendship where you talk a lot, you end up discussing and sharing values and sharing ideas. And in that, people are always able to rub off on another person. And I mean, now you can see that he's a lot more vulnerable. Like It's really interesting because I remember the day we had a, our first vulnerable conversation. I was just thinking to myself that, wow, this is amazing because this guy just the other month was calling me a ballerina. And now look at him telling me about deep stuff that I've hurt him in the past. And I think it's so great. And I just think that, Obviously, I don't think the things that hurt him are great. I just think that the fact that he was able to share those things are amazing. And I think that a lot of guys need to do stuff like that more. You know, just the people that you know that have problematic views, just literally try and rub your own ideals off on them. And you would literally find that it would be a lot easier than you think, especially when they're young. But again, like I said, the older generation is really, really hard. And again, especially when you're in Nigeria, you have to now think about whether you're being polite or whether you're being rude. Um, frankly, I try my best not to care about that, but I, I also have to care because it's something that I, I, it's, it's kind of important, unfortunately. But um, you have to just try your best to have the conversation as much as you can. Like, even if you say, okay, your grandpa, you know, or your dad is saying certain things, you have to be like, grandpa, this is 2021, or this is not 1950 or 1930. You can't, you can't say those things. You can't think like that anymore. The way people are thinking about manhood is changing, blah, blah, blah. You know, in a way that maybe seems fun or in a way that seems polite, I don't know. I guess use your own emotional intelligence depending on the relationship you have with the person. Or if it's someone you don't know, I would just say, like, let the passion speak for you if, if you're passionate about it. If not, then just try and just try and share your ideas, man. Like, at the end of the day, that's the most important thing. You know what I love so much about what you just shared is the fact that frozen was the vessel to a deeper conversation right yeah right (laughs) and i say that because like so many people in the especially in the past year have been like how do we have deep conversations how do we have to people who may not be receptive and i'm just like 
use the life around you. Do you know what I mean? So like yeah, for, right? for, for me, it's music. So I listen to some of the most vulnerable. I listen to music that when I, I say this all the time, if you look at me and you look at the way I dress and you look at the way I walk, you look at the way I talk, mm. you, will, you will never be able to guess what is playing in my headphones. In my right? headphones, yeah. But the music I listen to can be so deep, can be so emotive, can be so emotional. Mm. That when, if you ask me about it, I'll talk to you about it. And I'll tell you everything about it. I'll tell you why I'm listening to it. I'll tell you why this Lana Del Rey song hits for me. When exactly and it's the same thing so like you have that story about frozen i have the exact same i have a similar story with a friend about the movie coco where i'm just mm. like i cried at that movie like how are you crying at a kid's movie i'm like let me tell you about this kid's movie and <laughs> go deeper yeah, and we go deeper and i always tell people use what's around you so like when to take it to a different issue when it's like issues of race i always tell people well, you're a fan of kendrick lamar why don't you educate your your father who's a fan of music about kendrick lamar's album to pimp a butterfly and why mm. you love it why don't you educate about this album or this song and this movie and this song and it's a way to have these conversations which i feel is just so important so i love the fact that that relationship you were just talking about with your friend was able to be changed just by you coming into the office one day and saying man i watched frozen yesterday and thought what a movie i, I recommend it to everyone because that's how that's how life is like yeah i agree i agree something else I'll, I'll also just add that like i think it's so important to like surround yourself with people who are the same or similar mm-hmm. you know because as you were speaking about music i was just thinking about my dad right mm-hmm. my dad loves music you know when he was young he wanted to be a musician so um but obviously nigerian parents they allowed him to do that but, <laughs> but you know he 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 loves like literally I remember the time he traveled and came back, he was just listening to Ariana Grande and listening mm-hmm. to Taylor Swift, you know, things like that. And it's just not typical for, I, I would say, a man, especially of his age, to be listening to music like that. But to me, it was not just normalized, but it was made to seem fun. I love Ariana Grande now so much because of him. But you get things like that. Mm-hmm. I just feel like if, you, if you're surrounded by people who believe the same thing, it will be a lot easier for you to help another person too as well. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. But I love that Coco story, man. I'm probably going to watch that movie tonight or tomorrow. <laughs> Oof, that movie, man. I haven't seen it before, but I think I'm going to get in. I think I'm going to go there. Uh, you have to. Cause, man, don't get me started, because if we do, we'll be here for another hour. Because I can deeply <laughs> for a long time. Um, as we begin to wind up this conversation, um, one of the things that I want to be consistent on this podcast is to end with two questions. Mm. Um, and so I'm going to pose them to you. The first one being, to your eye, what is the biggest structural impediment to positive change? And that can be within the specific area that Manat focuses. It can be nationally within Nigeria, where you are. It could be internationally. But what do you think is the biggest structural impediment to positive change? Hmm. Hmm. Okay, so I would say what is and what impedes structural change and what I can probably speak for the most is within a Nigerian setting. It's probably the, the culture and the false ideas of religious beliefs that a lot of people have. Mm-hmm. Um, and I would say maybe pride. You know, you teach a young boy, especially someone who is a lot less privileged or a lot, like, a lot, a lot less well-off than a lot of us are. You teach them something and they go back home and their parents teach them something else, you know. Um, those, those kind of things... I'm sure you can, you've noticed that my voice has gone really mellow because those kind of things really, really, they really, I really think about it a lot mm-hmm. and how to solve it. Um, 
it's something that is so important and it's something that is so it can be so detrimental to the futures of those boys you know and it can even be detrimental to people depending on how what those boys decide to do with those values that they that they adopt from home you know i i would just i would just say that what mps nigerians the most is one pride uh, and two is the culture you know the culture of as the older person what you're saying is definitely right and the younger person doesn't know what they, what they, what they think they want you know things like that it's very problematic um i'm trying to think about generally as well like just in a, in a global in a global setting but i can't really think of much um because hmm maybe i would say greed as well because a lot a lot of a lot of men benefit from um or let me say in general right where there are structures that are bad and where there are structures that harm people there are also a lot of people that benefit from it so those people will not really want the change to come and nigeria is a prime example of that you know but i also feel like there are a lot of men who have benefited from society's ideas of manhood masculinity and they they leverage on it for whatever reason to make money to do whatever and people like that would generally not want the change to come you know so i would say that on a, on a, on a more global state on a more global setting that's what i think thank you that was a good answer <laughs> that's an amazing answer because it, it gets to, i mean that age old saying pride coming before the fall um like yeah. you hear it for generations on generations and it's really about yeah how do we address that that has been such a generational curse for so many um across the world even in nigeria specifically as well um exactly and lastly as a final question what is something that gives you hope for the future? Ooh, ooh, great question. What is something that gives the Midaya hope for the future? Wow. Um, what gives me hope is the fact that, you know, relating to the, the conversation that we're having about manhood and masculinity, what gives me hope is the fact that we, this generation that we're in, we, we don't shut up. Mm. yeah we, we don't know how to keep, we don't know how to keep our mouth shut like wh- whatever we say we believe and i love social media for the fact that it's made it very easy to say what you believe and say proudly you know even from the comforts of your bedroom or under your covers you can say whatever you want and it's out there for the world to see um we we are in a generation where people are going to speak up when they don't believe something is right and that in itself is going to help a lot of the change that you know society needs to see not just changes in men just general you know just general general stuff i i believe a lot of it is tied to to manhood really and i feel like when men when men begin to adopt these values then you'd see an acceleration in how society changes trust me mm-hmm. you know but what i would say gives me hope is the fact that we we don't we don't we don't keep our mouths shut and the, and also the fact that based on that people are having conversations in little pockets i always say that i always say that man up like for man up the dream is not for man up to make the change in the world the dream is for the change to come regardless like if i as timidayo speak to you paul and you go on and speak to 7 billion people in the world and everybody changes <laughs> bro my job is done like done. i'll be so fulfilled like mm-hmm. it doesn't have to be me I, man up doesn't have to be at the forefront of anything the change just needs to come however it might come and those conversations in the little pockets are so so key so those two things i would say give me hope and god almighty in heaven give me all this <laughs> yeah man 
Amen. Thank you. Thank you so much. Yeah, no problem, man. I think that's a perfect place to wrap up. Um, before I sign off, let the people know where they can find out more about Man Up, um, social media platforms. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. So, um, interestingly, we launched a website this morning. So, thank God. So, yeah, you can check out manupinitiative.com. Um, well, I guess anyone listening can just help us do some testing. <laughs> Test it out, make sure everything works. Uh, you can hit us up on social media as well. All our handles are Man Up Initiative. Uh, you can send an email to team at manupinitiative.com or you can send one to me personally, timidayo at manupinitiative.com. And uh, so we'll get, we'll get to, you know, like, I, I'm really, I really would love, you know, I really love when I do stuff like this and someone reaches out and said, oh, I listened to this and I thought this, you know, so you can reach out to me. We can talk yeah. about whatever it is. Trust me, like, I'm super open to conversation. I'm sure you can imagine. So, yeah, that's it. That's it. Thank I'm not you. giving anybody my phone number because I'm going <laughs> to get people to call me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. The website, um, email addresses, all the social media platforms will also be in the description of this episode. So you can go check out those for that. Um, Samidaya, personally, man, thank you so much. Um, thank yeah, you so thanks much. a lot, man not for just coming on to do this conversation, but for the work you do, um, for continuing to do the work you do in the face of adversity. It's inspiring. It's enlightening. It's like, it's mind blowing because it's difficult work. And the fact that you continue to do it and the the growth that your organization has gone through and the, the positive stories that I've just seen come out of your organization is something beautiful. Um, one of my favorite things I'm already enjoying about doing this podcast is speaking to people who do human rights work without necessarily the human rights background that I have or my peers have, Mm. because I love that because the most important, the only way we'll see positive human rights change to me is when people who, when people do human rights work without the education of it, because they just realize that this is just a natural part of life. It's just necessary. They, They take those ideals and place it into their everyday lives they make it their monday to friday saturday and sunday and i feel like that is exactly what you're doing exactly what the organization is doing and i think the biggest thing i can hope is that i hope that we get to a point one day where an organization like yours isn't even needed because yes honestly 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 my my dream is to close up man up and be like yeah there's no point man one day (laughs) one day amen that'll be amazing thank you so much thank you for joining us everyone at home thank you so much for listening um i hope you've enjoyed this conversation um thank you peace and love